You're listening to MOG Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel where we help you to see a real and practical Christianity from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. So today we're jumping into fear. Well, not exactly fear, but then we are going to be zooming into an aspect of yesterday's teaching, which will be, well, you're going to find out. <laughs> so let's go. Now, we said certain things yesterday concerning fear and faith. Um... We spoke about having the faith of God, that the faith in you is God's faith. We spoke about the fact that fear also is a force. Faith and fear, they're not just emotions, they're actually a force. And even if you can feel fear or you can be confident, there's a certain feeling of confidence. It doesn't mean that that is their origin. Their origin is spiritual. It's very spiritual. So we're going to focus on, you know, fear today. We're really going to focus on fear because remember we said that fear is a forerunner of death when we say forerunner now do you remember like that okay if you are is it if you're a marvel fan right if you're a marvel fan and uh you remember that silver surfer galactus kind of thing in fantastic four where the silver surfer is the one who comes first he comes and is looking around the planet to see if it's a nice planet for his master galactus who is the eater of planets then if it's a cool planet then galactus comes and then chops the whole planet stuff like that so that's a forerunner he comes before the main guy um john the baptist was christ's forerunner see that he was his herald and so fear is a forerunner of death which means that when you see fear around death is not far in fact, in this particular case scenario, death needs fear because without fear, death cannot really have a hold on the believer. And that's the truth. Because we saw yesterday that the text of scripture that actually talked about the fact that Hebrews 2.14 says that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That's the devil. So the devil had the power of death, right? And Christ through death on the cross destroyed that power because that power was only available to the devil because of man's sin. So when Jesus dealt with the sin issue, Satan automatically lost his power over man. He lost his power and hold over death. You see that? And released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So how did Satan enforce death? Through fear. Fear is how Satan enforced death. So when the new creation in Christ understands this principle that death has been destroyed satan has been destroyed death has been you know abolished of course we're still going to die physically but the point is christ died right i mean that was the end now because death was supposed to hold him captive for our sins but then he rose from the dead mean that death has been conquered the grave has been conquered as i paul said death where is your sting or is it grave where is your victory because it has been destroyed so we don't have a fear of death anymore we used to but we don't even right now we know that when we actually go to be with the Lord, it's not going to be something like, ah, hey, he has died, though, he has died. No, 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 I think we're just dramatic Christians many times. When we realize that death is actually liberation, <laughs> Paul said it like this, he said, to be absent from here is to be present with the Lord. Do you get? To be absent from here is presence with the Lord. To be present here is to be absent from the Lord. Paul said that, meaning that 
if you are dead physically, if I will call it sleep in the Bible, if you are asleep, you are with Jesus. So it's a win-win situation. When we understand this, many times we are just so, as I said, emotional, sentimental, someone dies. Hey, so, now it hurts when someone dies, yes, but God actually wants, you know, okay, so many things entering my mind right now. There's a text of scripture where was, Paul was actually talking about saying like, why are you weeping like the Gentiles? You get because the truth is that when Gentiles die, there's no hope again. They have been, they are eternally separated from God. They are gone. But when believers actually die, it's a tribulation. We'll see the person again. You get you see your mom again, you see your dad again, you see your brother, you see your sister. If they were saved, you will see them again. You get as one of my pastors back in those days would say, he said that when a believer dies, like, what is the matter? So you go always cry, 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 cry. He said, but when an unbeliever dies, he says that you should throw away your hanky and buy towel to cry. <laughs> because you will not see that guy again. It's a joke, but it's actually very, very, very real. Very, very true. And so we have to have that kind of mindset that, look, this thing is not the end. Death has actually been conquered. Yes, it has been conquered. In our bodies, we can destroy death's effects. We can tell death where to go, you know and say look you're not going to come with death and its consequences whether it's sickness whether it's disease you get whether it's accident whatever it is that is supposed to cause or lead to physical death right whatever is a, a prerequisite a forerunner to that we can actually tell it where to go yes and if you understand this thing you will know that nothing can kill you in this life nothing can just take you on our ways whether it's accident or whatever it is robbers or whatever no when you understand what i'm about to share with you you will actually gain that confidence no matter the situation you will be very calm because you understand that no death you've been dealt with you've been destroyed you've been defeated you have no hold over me you have zero like (laughs) zero hold over me and when you understand that the guy has no hold over you you will not be afraid in fact we said this that fear is a function of information let me say this or the lack thereof Mm, that's deep fear is a function of information or wrong information or the lack of right information well i guess wrong information is actually the lack of right information so yes fear is a result of that ignorance ignorance wherever you see you know fear manifested you are looking at a place where there's so much so much so much ignorance you see that so let's crack on look at first corinthians chapter 15 verse 55 right okay let's that's okay first Corinthians from 50 verse 54 right it says um okay let's even start from 52 and be easy 51 all right he is actually talking about the glorious body when we will actually be changed Okay, so let's okay, let's see we start from 50. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead also shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Are you seeing that? We shall be what? Changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So that w- so when this corruptible shall put on I- incorruption, it, all this is just talking about your body. When because at the last day, when we actually like when Jesus comes back, we are going to receive a new body. So and this mortal shall put on immortality, and this shall be brought to pass 
the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Are you seeing that the last event that, that will occur that will help us to know that death has totally been abolished is when our mortal bodies, these are bodies that are doomed to die, are now changed. Are you seeing that? That is the last blow to death. It's already been paid for. It's already something that's going to happen. It's not something that we're still trying to work out. No, it's already worked out because death has been defeated already completely. Look at this. Verse 25. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Are you seeing that? That is, it's, it's, it's gone. It's nullified. That's the truth. So, it's your ignorance of this thing that allows death to operate to reign remember we said through the fear of death people were afraid of death they were scared of death they were scared of it you see satan made sure to hold man in bondage by by mystifying death by making it look so you know mysterious that's how he kept man in bondage you see that now i want us to look at one particular dude in the bible that exemplifies this particular in quote principle yeah because really see fear is belief in the power of the enemy over god's power when you begin to fear you are actually believing in something yes fear is focus fear is belief when you're afraid what are you doing you're thinking so much about one thing your emotions are involved because when your emotions are involved in something, there's focus. There's this thing about zooming in or zoning in. When your emotions are there, your mind is there. You're fidgeting, you're thinking. It is fear. You see that? It's focus. It is focus on what the enemy is doing, you know, regardless of what God can do. It's focus on the enemy's, in quotes, power, which is powerless power, as we usually say. So, let's look at Uncle Job. Now, Uncle Job, you know is a very peculiar guy a rich guy from the east so probably he's Igbo <laughs> he's a rich guy from the east and this guy lived many many years before many of the other books were written actually in fact some people say before Moses' time so. and Job Job the Job guy we know what happened to him well do we actually know what happened to him because the idea is that he was handed over to Satan. He handed him over to Satan. And God agreed to give him over to Satan. And God afflicted. And then, you know, if you believe that, then what stops God from giving us to Satan today? Abby? So you say, consider, consider not, not myself and Job. So what stops God from saying, ah, Satan? Consider not myself and Adana or Adama or or Jake, or John, or whoever. Eh? And then sister will not say, eh, it's because you blessed him or her. That's why eh, she's serving you. Mm. That's why she's serving you. I know the truth. Let me even say this, eh? In today's world, Satan will not be wrong, though, for many believers, why they are serving God. If the blessings are not there or available, you just see that that service to God is killeggish. So, anyway, let's move to Job. So, what really happened with Job? Now, there's a verse of scripture that really gives us the T, Job 3.25 For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me and what I dreaded has happened to me. Did you see that? Wow. The thing I greatly feared, he didn't just say I was afraid small. Before someone thinks that I'm saying that any small, <laughs> you know, makes makes it 
makes evil rush into no 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 no. It says I greatly feared. The thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. He dreaded it, meaning that all the things that happened to Job, losing his family, losing his money, losing his house, or whatever, losing everything, it's what his deepest fear was. And really, the truth is even today, many people can relate. They can relate, yes, especially the rich, the influential, the wealthy. One of their big, especially if their security is in that wealth, one of their biggest fears is actually what will happen if all this goes away. You see that? Aha, so he was afraid. And that is actually what opened the door. Because if you read, you know, when the devil appeared before God and everything, God said, God told him, everything he has is in your power you see that now there's sometimes an argument whether that actually means that god was handing him over to satan or god was saying look you as you are now everything job has is already in your power because he's afraid you get now i tend to lean towards the second one because he was afraid the guy was afraid so even the so-called hedge that there's a hedge around about uh which hedge it wasn't god doesn't do that see the bible talks about god right james actually clearly tells us who god is right james chapter one he tells us clearly that this is god this is definitely god right he says in verse 16 do not err my beloved brethren every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of light with whom there is no variableness neither shadow of turning God is good, consistently good, and he's not bad. If this is a good God, how... I mean, no, 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 no. It couldn't have been God. It wasn't God that did that to Job. Uh-uh. Rather, we see God at the end coming to restore Job. Do you get? Uh, yeah. Satan, or Satan actually is the one who did that. Because we know his job description in John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. I am come that he may have life and have it more abundantly. You get? What part of testing... Uh, you know, say uh, God was trying to test Job. Really? Test Job? How? By killing his family? Come on now, you can do better than that. Test Job by the strength. You know, it wasn't just his animals that went. His his slaves, his or his, his slaves or his headsmen, they all they were killed, killed too. You understand? Ah, his whole family. Can you imagine just something just fell on them and killed all his children? Uh, no. Rather, we see in the end God coming back to restore him giving him beautiful daughters giving him more things than he had that was god not the first one so the story of job is not your story some people now you know i've seen some people on ig that will now use the story of job to be teaching to be teaching motivation i'm like do you even know what understand this what that readest how can you use the story of job to teach that see if you do let me say this god is consistent we can know God's character by looking at Jesus. If we don't see it in Jesus, it is not in God. Because God is Jesus. Literally. So if you if you are too Old Testament and you, you just... Like, I'm saying you must understand the New Testament, understand who Jesus is, then go back to the Old Testament and sift through it. There are things that happen because of judgment, like because of sin. And so judgment was... was eminent punishment was eminent there's some things that happen like that with god yes but 
in all this we see throughout the centuries god working to bring jesus on the scene why because that is how he was going to get us saved so if you can't see that you will actually always err in your evaluation of who god is you will always ascribe things to god that god did not do in this case it doesn't make sense that god afflicted job he did not he did not afflict job no instead he's the savior the deliverer are you seeing that he's the savior the deliverer so your imagination is actually very powerful job greatly feared greatly feared and attracted evil greatly feared and attracted evil do you get your imagination i've always said this that your imagination anything you imagine can happen anything you imagine can happen anything i don't care what it is anything you imagine can happen whether good or bad if something has crossed your imagination before it is the proof that it can happen because your imagination is a creative force are you seeing that bible says that god can do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or imagine ask or think according to the power that works in us you get what i'm saying yes so it, it just means your imagination your imagination has the potential to come alive yes it has a potential. Now, we see that in the world sense when yes, you see, for example, someone has an idea for a cartoon or something and you see how they begin to draw them out, pen them out and they make motion graphics, they make an animation out of it and it looks so real, the thing moves, the thing talks, they, you know, it's the, it is the birthing of someone's imagination but even beyond that, that imagination of yours coupled with the power of God has the ability to create it's actually the creative force. See, Satan does not make anything. God is the creator. And we are co-creators with God. When we are born again and we receive the life of God inside us, we are co-creators with God. We can create. So, your imagination is powerful. Even for the unbeliever, his imagination is also very, very powerful. Satan needs your imagination to create the things that will destroy you. Yeah. He needs your imagination. He needs you to create those things that will destroy you because he cannot death cannot touch you so he needs you to empower death by your imagination he needs you to do that yes and that's when you when you're afraid you begin to imagine worst case scenarios you begin to imagine things happening to you you begin to imagine this and that you know, what are you doing you are creating that environment where satan's dreams and plans can come alive you are creating it you are actually empowering it the more you focus because you are a creative being you understand you were created to have dominion you get you cannot have dominion without an imagination an imagination is how you express yourself it is how you fabricate things to do yeah that's the truth look the power of imagination is everything around you laptop in front of you um phone whatever is the power of imagination that thing you're seeing that is physically in front of you came from someone's imagination this physical product was someone's imagination so imagine creating that 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 same imagination can make much more can create many more realities so the, the, the problem is that it's not that god doesn't want to help you many times or most times more often than not much more often than not your imagination is god's problem because you see, God himself can do nothing beyond your imagination. God himself can do nothing beyond what you believe. Because you are a creator. So, when you imagine the wrong thing, when you believe the wrong thing, 
when you focus on the wrong thing you create you begin to create like it's like it's like the you begin to set the tone for that thing to happen you begin to create an environment where that thing must happen and god is powerlessly looking in from the outside or rather in this case from the inside because he lives inside you he's looking in and you can't do anything because of your imagination because of your heart because of how you think you understand the text of scripture says that as the man thinks in his heart so is he as you think as you think as you imagine as you fabricate what are you doing you are creating walls now it's the same thing with faith as you believe as you imagine the possibility of what god's power can do what god's life can do what are you doing you are releasing and making room to create the reality that you can see clearly in your mind and that's why we say when you are trying to believe in god for something when you are working on your belief you cannot do it without your imagination your imagination is important you need to begin to see yourself for example yeah you're, you're seeking your body you begin to see yourself well you have to begin to see yourself well you have to begin to look and look and look and see keep on imagining keep on imagining keep on imagining seeing yourself well see yourself happy seeing yourself playing seeing yourself doing things that you could not do before do you understand you have to see yourself consistently over time like that you know what happens eventually the imagination on your inside will crystallize that's why we say meditation is the crystallization of thought or imagination the more you focus on it and imagine what happens you are going to birth create or bring that let me use imagination into reality because the imagination is actually real imagination on its own is a reality but to bring it to the physical it requires focus you must focus on that imagination over time before it now becomes something that is real tangible in your environment it works for faith it works for fear are you seeing that it works for faith it works for fear god had promised the children of israel that they were going to go into a promised land right but see what happened Hebrews 3 verse 17, But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was he not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swore he that they could not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. God has said these guys will enter the promised land, but they could not enter. Why? They couldn't enter because of unbelief. And we are going to see how the unbelief came. So, of course, they sent twelve spies to the land to spy out the land those spies came back 10 of them came with an evil report and began to say look it's not possible and only two of the spies that went said it was possible now see the result numbers 13 verse 30 and caleb stilled the people with moses and said let us go at once and possess it for we are able to overcome it but the men that went up with him said we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they brought us up an evil report of the land which they had searched upon or unto the children of israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof and all people that we saw in it are men of stature and there we saw the giants the sons of anak which come of the giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight and the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night and the children of israel murmured against moses and aaron saying and the whole congregation saying unto them, What would God that we died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, and our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? You can tell that there's fear, serious fear in what they are saying. And from here we can know that fear is actually unbelief. 
when you are in fear you are in unbelief that is why we say the way you know you know you are in faith is that fear is absent they know you where you know you are in fear is that faith is absent you know you know what i'm saying fear is unbelief it's actually unbelief <laughs> you see that fear is unbelief so there's one thing that satan does right satan understands that he cannot touch you except with fear so what does he do he creates the stage for fear he's a master at um how i put it he's a master at creating it like traps so what does he do like fear is what he needs to touch you abby fear is what he needs to get you to that place where he can strike you fear is what attracts him right so he's going to create like he's going to make it look as if whatever he cannot do has already happened so we call those things symptoms so it's like um let me give it okay uh-huh. let me let me play this i don't know if you watch one of those movies where you see where they set a trap so some people are hiding somewhere and they want to get them but they cannot get going to where they are so what they do they now create like a diversion or a distraction maybe something like a bomb or one thing boom to make the people inside the whatever think that man they've already been bombed or so they begin to run out like that when nothing has really happened as they run out they now catch them that is how it is so we call that thing symptoms 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 well not just symptoms but in case or in the area of sickness and disease we call it symptoms satan cannot afflict you with malaria or sickness he cannot but what will he do you begin to feel sick you begin to feel one way you begin to feel you know i feel this way i feel that way i'm coughing i'm this and that you know what you are doing i think i have malaria i think i have this i think i have that you say it with your mouth and once you say it with your mouth you know what you're doing you are confirming you are opening the door you just empowered what was a lie are you seeing that you empower what was a lie i think i'm sick i need to go to the hospital bam 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 you go there the doctor will actually diagnose you then of course the doctor will also pronounce his own sentence on you ah you are actually sick you have this oh thank you doctor yes i have it give me the drugs that's how you just collect your sickness but you could have felt that same thing and said, no, this is just a symptom. Symptoms don't mean I have anything. And you can just laugh and say, Satan, you're just a lying devil as usual. I beg, go about your normal life. Go about your normal day. And you'll just see that before you know it, it's, it's gone. It runs away. Of course, that's a faith walk. Do you understand? Because sometimes it may take two days, three days. But eventually, you just stand your ground. And look, this is a lie. It's a very big lie. I don't have this, Satan. You know, we, we both know I don't have it. And then you see him cower and run away all the time, every single time. So when things happen to you, things happen to you, the first thing is to be calm. For example, remember the storm that Joseph was sleeping in? The storm was like symptoms raging up and down. But Christ was asleep while he knows the truth. You can't kill me. You can't kill me. You can't kill me. For you to kill me, I have to agree for you to kill me. Jesus said, I lay down my life, I take it up again. Every believer has the ability to lay down his life and take it up again. It's our right, it's our inheritance. So Satan creates symptoms. So you feel symptoms or whatever. He creates panic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
he thrives in panic. Hey, Corona, 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 Corona. He can get it. He may be you. He may be me. He may be someone by your side who get Corona. And then it's fear, 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 fear. It makes it easy for such things to happen to you. Am I saying that things cannot happen without you being afraid? I'm not saying that. But that's the point. When they begin to happen like that, you're looking at symptoms. When you agree, then the thing will be there to stay. So, it's about being calm, understanding that the devil is a liar. He has always lied. He's the father of lies. And he will not stop lying. Even when he's thrown into the pit, he will keep lying. So, what do you do? You ensure yourself how. Be calm. Remain calm in all situations. When something happens, when situations happen, they tell you this, this one, this, you know, things happen. Be calm. Even if it's in an aircraft. Eh? You know, as a person I respect so much in the Lord, they say it was an aircraft. An aircraft. And the aircraft was just turbulent. So everyone there was screaming, we're going to die, we're going to die. He said he just kept quiet and kept calm. Because he says he understood that the moment he allowed fear enter his heart, it was over. So he kept calm, said nothing. He was in a state of calm. Then eventually he spoke to the thing and said, Hey, I can't die. I can't die. And that was how that thing corrected itself. So yes, definitely, you have to learn to be calm. To be calm in the storm sickness disease to be calm that's also how you 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 act towards even like your personal safety i had another story one guy was writing he said that this is the third time that's happened to him where a car crashed and he came out without a single scratch he said what does he do when the car begins to somersault or whatever he says he just remains calm he says, let me be calm. Let the angels do their work because angels cannot work where there is fear. What has killed people in accidents is fear, not even the impact of the car or whatever. It's fear. Yes, it's fear. That's what kills believers, fear. Satan has to make sure you are afraid first before he can kill you. So when you stay calm, the angels know, okay, this guy is in charge because anytime angels appear in the past, they will say, fear not. Why? Because your fear cripples them they can't walk you have to believe in them believe in the spiritual realm believe in God's power for it to work glory to God alright I believe this has blessed you it definitely blesses you all the time alright God bless you share this with somebody let's grow together I'll catch you guys tomorrow bye bye if this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram, that's pst.sien, pst.essien. See you there.